So you're saying East Africans like to polish their mahuhu. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. A podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Building, Colton of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode 10, Clear and Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger. I saw that in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. That whole scene on the boat, the speedboat, and all mm-hmm. that in the end. I love that. Classic. Yeah, that's very Classic. Good. That's very good. So, yeah. gentlemen, uh, I, I got to ask real quick. Uh, seeing you guys on separate screens means that yeah. Colton is no longer on Walkabout. I liked him on Colton, the how was the trip? Dude, outstanding. So for starters, we got a convertible for our rental, you know, a convertible Mustang. And what? Oh, man, we let the top down and let the mullet out, let the kitty <laughs> breathe. And it was good. <laughs> it was real good. But yeah, dude, J- Jess's shop, it, I, I know I said it last week while we were in a shop recording, but it's freaking amazing. The the manufacturing that can happen on a tool whenever price point is not like a main goal or at least a present goal. When you're going, it, well, when you're going for quality instead of uh, obviously price point. Yeah. Quantity, whatever. Yeah. Quality, quantity. Yep. It, it, it was amazing. And, um, I, I, I want to frame my um, my dust collection in a similar way. I mean, I'm not going to have a 12 inch pipe going above our <laughs> through our <laughs> roof or ceiling. <laughs> giggity, but um, giggity. But um, I think I think four inch with mine. I, I got I got the uh, the one and a half horsepower. Um, I believe it is like the Harbor Freight dust yep. collector. With the big, the big bag on it and everything. The, the best but, thing um, I can tell you is make sure there are no 90 degrees uh, turns in No it. 90s? Nope. 45 is the biggest turn you can make. And if you can 10-4. just keep it at 45s, that will help you out exponentially more than than uh, having a 90 in there. I learned that All the right. hard way. Yeah. They always got a 10-4. Oh, as far as like it getting blocked up? Yeah, it just jams up in the corner. Stuff can't make that turn. Mm, that makes sense. And so I, I talked to, with Jess about this in person, but I was concerned about um, static electricity, mm-hmm. right? And eventually starting a fire. And Jess had some really good points on it. I'll let, I'll let him cover those. But um, as far as material, I guess for starters, so his was all, you said it was, um, it was steel. What, you, you say it was stainless? What is that it? You're, you're, no, it's uh, just galvanized you're, steel. Just galvanized, galvanized steel. steel? Yeah, 18 gauge. It's real heavy gauge. Yeah. Oh, I guess. So I was talking about doing aluminum and you're saying the problem with that is that with aluminum being a little weaker, if there was like a block, it could collapse the pipe. It just depends Correct. on what gauge, but by the God, that, that thick a gauge of aluminum would be very uh, expensive. The PVC works just fine. Until you're getting into big equipment where you got over 2,000 CFM, just PVC works just fine. And you can go to Home Depot and buy whatever you want to buy. You just don't That's glue have. anything mm-hmm. together that you don't that you might ever get a block and you got to clean it out. Just mm-hmm. push it together and maybe put some foil tape over it or something. So, Ross, do you have PVC? I do. I do. All I right. have 6-inch uh, internal PVC 
uh, as my main ducts. And then I, I reduce it down to four inch where needed at the different machines. But the majority of it is, is these six inch trunks that, um, that come from the dust collector. So how big of a dust collector you got? Uh, I want to say it's like a five and a half horsepower dust collector. The problem is my shop. I, 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 when I first moved into my shop, I came from a 144 square foot shop. So a 12 by 12 room and the one and a half horsepower that I had was just fine because everything was in like, you could almost touch both like all four (laughs) walls at once. Uh, when I went into the shop that I have now, that thing, it just, it couldn't compete with the distance that it had to pull some of the, the like shavings and, and clippings and everything. So I was getting clogs left and right. So I ended up upgrading to a much bigger dust collector. It's a dual bag, five and a half horsepower. And it does everything well, I need what, so far. Uh, what manufacturer is it? Or make it? It's a Grizzly. Yeah, I think All I've right. seen it in the pictures. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Dude, ha- have you seen the picture of um, Jess's? Dust collection, I have not, dude. It's it, the biggest look, one. It, wait, they make. First off, when it starts up, it sounds like a damn semi truck. <laughs> like it, it's an event it's to loud. turn that thing on, and it's he's, he's like, wait for it. That's the first stage, and then <laughs> it comes on. It's a, it's crazy. So, um, I, just a little backstory on that. The only reason we even got that beast is because the wide belt sander required a minimum of mm. four thousand cfm, and that's max. CFM is 4,036 CFM. So the, I mean, we had to get it right. Like what else were you going to do? So, and and I'm sure it's not even 4,000 at, because it splits off into 10 different, like four inch lines. It's like an octopus at the end of it. So, you know, you lose, there's like all kind of math and all that kind of stuff. So who even knows, but it, it works. It works. We don't have any problems with like dust piling up inside of it. I will tell you, Colton, the, one of the biggest things that you can do, is get something around three horsepower. That's pretty good. And then uh, we had the Harbor Freight ones that were two horsepower, and I had one on each machine. That's just what we had one that split for the joiner and the table saw. We had one for um, the planer by itself, and it was plenty. And then we had one on the um, shaper. We had a little small, mm. tiny, like one and a half horsepower shaper. And we just put one on each, and they worked just great because I think they're what, 500, 400 CFM? They're pretty good. Somewhere out there. It's plenty for as long as you just ducked it right. But if you're going to split it, you got to put blast gates on everything that you're not using on a smaller machine so that you cut that. I mean, it's just like imagine if you took your vacuum and you put like five hoses on it. How much suction would you have on each one? Now start plugging them. It starts getting stronger at each end. Yeah. Right. So you just put blast gates. That's just one thing you have to invest in. Even the little plastic ones from Harbor Freight work just fine. Right. So just on, on the, uh, on the friction as well, like the static, the static buildup. So um, the, the static, the conversation me and you had for our listeners is this. So, right. I'm like, is static like a thing now is my, I'm trying to think, is my stuff grounded? I guess it probably is grounded at some point cause it's metal. And then the machine's grounded to the ground of the building. So I guess it is grounded. But, um, and then I noticed that the ducting hose that they give us has copper pipe, copper wire through it, or at least it looks copper. It might be painted. I don't know, but it's clear. So you can see the actual 
you know, the flex hose, you can see the copper. Yeah, the metal part that makes like it springy. Right. But I read this big article and this guy's like, look, and he he cites all this different stuff and math and all this other stuff. And he's like, first of all, especially if you use PVC, let's say, right? If you use PVC, if you're going to get static, a lot of that static charge is going to be on the inside because PVC is an insulator. So it's going to stay inside, which would mean you'd have to run a wire in it. And then he said, if you run the wire in it, then it would actually have to, there's still going to be static above it. It's not going to like suck it into that wire. And he said, there's not actually ever been a recorded instance of somebody actually having a fire from static in a dust collector. Now there has been where people have sucked a little piece of metal in and it hit the turbine and sparked and then a little amber grew in the bag. That's different. But if you want to ground it, it's not going to hurt. And a lot of people just wind some wire and then ground it to something or they'll run a piece through the inside of it and then just make sure it's not going to come loose or anything and then ground it. I mean, if you want to do that, I mean, it, you do feel static on the outside of it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. the static on the outside is not what you're worried about. It's the static on the inside because then if it lights that dust on fire and goes into the bag, you've got like a big mess. But I just, it's never happened. It's not like a... So Sorry. Jess, what you're trying to say is that on a larger dust collection system, the the entire system is long, it's strong and bound to get its friction on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Long. Uh, strong. On a large dust collection <laughs> system, the they suck. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> I, I would. But not, uh, I don't know if I'd worry about the static. I mean, I just wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I I, I guess. It's not going to hurt to ground it. Let's put it that way. But I wouldn't lose sleep over it. You've been a very you. bad boy. You're grounded. <laughs> You're grounded. So, Jess, so my I, fellow, I, hold on. I, before you go on, Colton, I want to get <laughs> Jess's perspective of how the visit of Colton in his shop went. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was good. It was very good. I was, you know, I, I like I said before, I'm blessed to have it. You know, I don't, I, it was just somebody said, Let's get what you know what what it will what we will be in ten years from now. Let's buy it now. That's basically the conversation that we had. And I said, all right, well, this is you know this is for the price. Grizzly stuff is big. It's simple. You know, it's not mm-hmm. real fancy, but it's simple. Uh, you have the large capacities, and for the price, it's I not mean, going anywhere either. No, it's the all cast iron. Isn't. If anything breaks, you can fix it. I mean, the bearings yeah. can go out. You can replace those. Like any, they still make parts for things thirty years ago. Although I will say they're getting away from some of that now. But they use the same parts on a lot of different machines, so it it it's not. It's I mean, they're still using some of the parts probably in bearings that they used twenty years ago on other machines. So shafts and screws and different things like that. So shaft. Yep. So <laughs> you should be able to to repair it. Um, they have really nice uh, illustrated parts breakdowns of all their stuff in their manuals and online, so you can pull it up. So that's what we decided to do. And, I mean, he was impressed with it. You know, it's nice to have a big 16-inch wide, 100-inch long joiner and a 25-inch planer and all that because everybody runs into where, hey, can you make this so-and-so? And it's, like, big, and you're thinking, man, I'm really going to struggle with that. I got to sand forever by hand. I have to do this forever by hand. Um, and, uh, he was, he was excited about it. I was showing him the wide belt and stuff. Um, did you guys build anything together? No, no, we, we, we didn't have, we didn't have that no. much time. I did make him oh. eggs for breakfast. 
Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Dude, I would I, actually. Side note: the egg whites. They, I might make that a staple in our house, man. Yeah, that's pretty good. Egg white omelets are good. Egg whites and salsa. My my question was really, I w- I was hoping you guys got to build together because no. all three of us yeah. have very different personalities, and I wanted to see what our build personalities were. No, we're saving that for when he gets to CNC. So, Done. unfortunately, when he came, we had um, had started the process of we removed the table saw and we moved the the wide belt sander. The dust mm-hmm. collection was ripped out. the The outfeed table was not attached or leveled like it wasn't. And poor David been doing it by himself because I had been helping Ashley with some computer stuff. So um, it didn't get done till about a day and a half after he got done anyway. And I ordered the rest of the duck stuff today. So, um, you know, we talked. We talked about stuff. I talked to his wife about the business side of it a lot. She was interested in that, you know, because she's part of the business. And I talked to... Her name's on it. Yeah. And we talked about how I found that I made money. I made money the the best because a lot of people in the custom woodwork versus just making things and selling them. Um, and how to do that and how to make money or how to find out what will sell before you start doing this and that. And we talked about that. I gave him some ideas. We just kind of just talked about that. And then, uh, we, you know, did the podcast and yeah, I gotta say my only, uh, my only disappointment was so the night before, uh, so Jess, the planner, right. We, uh, we had a strict schedule and it was awesome. We uh, we went to what three breweries and then dinner and then we hit this uh, this bar after and it was supposed to be karaoke there and unfortunately they don't do karaoke's on what Tuesday I think is when we came in they missed it by a and, day um, man I, I I was hoping to get Jess up for a duet be like I want <laughs> it that way tell me why so, <laughs> next. So down the street from us is a place that Tell was on why. <laughs> was on bar rescue, and now it's they started doing karaoke, and now oh, yeah. that's like all they do. There's big murals and stuff on the front. It's called the Bridge, and it's at a bridge. Actually, you can believe that. What a clever name! I've gotten kicked yeah. out of there once. Well done. Not that long ago. Yeah, but it was a very nice evening. Like we were we were well well received when we came in. Yeah, there's like six uh, people in there. Yeah, <laughs> including Which, two uh, waitresses. I, I, I like, <laughs> Ooh, I'm down for a dive bar, man. Like, oh, it's an. It's but a the cool stage place. was awesome. It was a very close stage to the whole bar, right? And it was elevated and well lit, and uh, it seems like they'd have good acoustics and everything. But um, DJ's but, yeah, off. Unfortunately. DJ's Monday, so, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday guy. Hmm. Yeah. Hey. So when we finally do all three get to Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, with the new CNC and make this big project, we, we got to hit some karaoke. Done. I think that, I think that's definitely up Ross's content. alley, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so on that note, Colton, with you traveling for majority of last week, were you able to get anything done in the shop? Oh, uh, I mean, during the week, no. From Tuesday to Saturday, no. But um, today was a good day. You know, came back refreshed and everything. Um, obviously, some added stress from being behind, but. Um, sometimes you need that mental I, break to just walk away for a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Come back with some fresh eyes mm-hmm. and see everything in new light and without the cloud of everything, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, so we got, uh, so crystal started her first day of work. Um, that's today. right. 
her new job. Yeah. And she's still not home yet. She's like, damn, these people work late. And I was like, my kind of people. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty cool. They seem like a good family thing. Like, um, like they have like a dinner and like rock climbing planned this week. So, I mean, that's that's fun. Yeah. Unless you yeah, like heights it... or don't like heights. I mean. <laughs> yeah, a little off the wall. But um, but yeah, so we are doing our Colt Crit weekly meeting this week. You cool. Know, uh, like, like, like you suggested. Um, yep. Doing it. We're doing ours on Mondays. Like nice. uh, when she gets back from work and everything. And, you know, I, I talked to her a little bit um, on her way home. And what was it? We, um, I was like, baby, you're not going to like my plan this week. It's a, it's a little too vigorous again, but I think we can do it. And also we have some time for like lead off. So I'm trying to get, well, like on schedule, we have eight boards to be completed this week. Um, that's awesome. What would that put all, you at? If you get them all out, what does that put you at on the original sub number? Ten, sub 10. Dude. But massive. That's yeah. a goal. Well, that is a <laughs> that is a goal that you cannot let down, Colton. Oh yeah, which um, eight is insane. Um, but that's I'm why they call it can't... Loco Ochos. <laughs> Loco Ochos, crazy eights. Mm-hmm. But um, but so we have some swing in there, right? So there's four of them that absolutely have to be done, and then if we can do more. There's eight, which some of them are at various stages. Some of them are partially poured. Some, unfortunately, like a couple of them are multiple color pours, you know, which adds yeah. another 12 hours to each of them. But we're getting close. Um, awesome. But yeah. Um, so yeah, signing up for a, a big week this week. Cool. I like it. I like the ambition. Get after yeah. it, son. Trying to. Let's get it, baby. I was thinking. And how about, Jess, you were starting to tell me today. 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 What, what happened today? Today, I made furniture. If you can believe oh! it. I can't even believe that. A furniture maker made furniture. So we finally got What'd ev- you make? everything put together. All the, the dados. Well, I guess a dado sled would be a piece of shop furniture. We made that last week. But... Um, what was your first piece of furniture you made today? So today we're working on the side tables. Like I said, I drew them up this morning. Dave got the shop cleaned up from the mess of last week. And I drew it up. And we cut a couple pieces because you know how like you'll draw an inch and a half and then you'll cut it. And you're like, well, that looks too thin. Or you'll say that's too mm-hmm. wide or whatever. So visually, I, I don't do it in SketchUp. Not as of yet. And so the perspective is, you know, off. So we fiddled with that for a minute and then we just started cutting and I had my cut list and um, it's the, the mid-century stuff. It's all out of Walnut right now. We had the, the dado sled that I worked very meticulously on worked perfect. Absolutely perfect. We had little T tracks put into it and everything. And nice. And uh, how how wide your stack? How wide you cutting? So it, Interestingly, the stack actually goes to 29, 30 seconds, but my table saw will only go three quarter. The The arbor's not any longer than that. I don't want to get a little sketch any more than that. And this is on that, the, your smaller the saw, saw in the middle yeah. of the shop? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cabinet, cabinet saw, yeah. It's a 10 inch stack. It's funny because when I turned it on, um, I got that on Amazon as a return. Well, I mean, it said used, right? 
and I got the box. Never been opened. It was just a dirty, beat up box, but it's the plastic box that Freud sends it in, right? Yeah. So uh, they were still perfectly shiny. Everything was in there. No rust or anything. Nobody had ever used it. They still had the zip tie on the handle. So, um, yeah, I turned it on and it's like a fan and it blew dust. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I had had a table saw insert that I had been saving, a zero clearance one for dados Mm -hmm. that I had been saving for when I got a dado stack. Um, And so I popped the cherry on that, cut that open. The my unfortunate thing with my saw is that the insert is very complicated to make because the hold down and then certain things hit underneath. So it has to have all these things like mortised out and it's kind of, mm-hmm. it would be annoying to make it out of wood. Let me put it to you that yeah. way. The yeah. Grizzly sells them for like 50 bucks or something like that. And they're phenolic yeah. and indestructible yep. and they've already got the set screws with it and everything to hold it perfect. And the little thing to hold it down in the front. So I just bought it and they're just uncut. It's a way to do it. Yeah. It's not worth my labor for 50 bucks. Yeah. And so um did that and we started because uh I, we were doing half laps. All my joints on the legs at least are half laps and there was a lot to do. And all the whole furniture line is gonna be half laps with the mid-century thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So and then I made a little router table with a little cheap router plate that I got on Amazon, and I have one of those larger Makita routers, and we yep. finally got that going the other day. It works perfect, it's simple, it's just a big wide like 24 by 36 top and i've got uh you know i'm just using bits that have it doesn't even have a fence i just got bits that have a bearing on them and um for doing the roundovers on it and for doing the um it's got a chamfer around the bottom of the the top a 45 chamfer but like a real big fat one it's like Mm -hmm. probably what's what's the 16th more than so it's uh, seven sixteenths seven sixteenths okay. tall so by 45 in, 45 degrees so that has to do that and everything gets rounded over and then i have a flush trim bit because i bought those little uh, radius edge um aluminum plates you get that you just hold yeah. on the quarter by hand and then radius the corners yeah. so i got those so we we rounded those and and um cut all the parts glued the legs together i just got some little squeeze clamps to hold the corners together on mm-hmm. the, the half laps. 99 cents on sale at Home Depot right now. So everybody knows. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. And um, yeah. So everything's made. My dust, my vacuum for the Festool came in the other day. So that's sitting. I haven't opened it yet. But tomorrow will be my first plunge with a, with a domino. And Dude. that's how we're going to attach Man. the runners to the legs. I was hoping you had that before. I know before I got there. I, I I want I wanted to run it. You know I've I've held one in Rockler. Do y'all have Rocklers? Yeah, yeah. yeah have there's Rockler's. a Rockler yeah. here. Yeah, they sued yeah. us or told us you know, <laughs> cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's one in Tampa too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean I've held one at Rockler, but I, I've never never ran it. It's funny. I have an old biscuit joiner, so we use that for the top today because it's just a little mm-hmm. tiny top. And David never used one. And it's just, it's so simple. You want it to be more complicated for somebody that's never, Mm -hmm. but you know, you just put it on 20 and set the depth middle and go. And that's it. Yep. And um, I got that thing at Harbor Freight for, I don't know, 40 bucks. 
seven years ago still works perfect still yeah. work i mean they, they still sell the blades yeah it's like, yeah, yeah they they do a great job for what they do um uh, the only thing they don't do is add any structural stability no. or strength well it so. barely it barely aligns it there's a lot of slop in biscuits in my yeah. opinion there there always is it at least at first they tighten up after a few minutes of being in there but um but yeah i glued the tops together used my card scraper Used a lot of tools I haven't used in forever. It was awesome to actually do something with with the wood. And um, yeah, so tomorrow, the first with the domino. So I have a question for you, Ross, before we go, because I'll forget. Okay. So imagine two like box shapes, you know, squares, let's say, mm-hmm. an inch and three quarters wide. Those are the sides, right? Can you see mm-hmm. my hands? Those are the sides. And then going in between vertically... There's a runner. Yep. Okay. And then the top one is a taller runner that's taller than the leg because it has a little swoop for the floating top. Okay. Okay. How do I make sure that that domino is vertically, you know, where I want it to be? Because I know there's the whole 20 mil or 10 millimeter thing, right? That's the center deal. That's the way you mm-hmm. know that it's in the middle. And then I've just got to get it. I don't know. How would you do it? Or would you just make marks and hold it? So what you're going to do is on the vertical piece where it meets up, uh, where you want it to basically be the joint from the uh, horizontal runner meeting the vertical leg. Correct. You're going to mark basically what would be the center point of the the part that's attaching from the horizontal runner to the vertical leg, mm-hmm. mark what the center point would be, mark the corresponding part on the, the vertical leg. Mm-hmm. And then all you need to do is set the, if you want it to be flush, like the horizontal piece meets flush with the... It'd be the uh, bottom. It'd be the bottom of the, the top of the... Because the leg is it's a square. So you're actually going yeah, into yeah, the but top are, is, are Are the faces of it, are they flush or is there, is there an inset? There's no inset. At okay, the bottom, so it'll flush. be flush. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, all you're going to make sure is then that the domino is set to the thickness of that horizontal runner. If you set it to that depth, as far as the width of it, um, that will be the depth that you need to plunge at uh, as far as uh, how deep it is. And then everything will line up perfectly. If you plunge uh, directly into the horizontal runner and then plunge directly into the vertical leg, right at that mark, okay. it's going to line up absolutely perfect. And then you can have whatever overhang you want on the top. Okay. I'll, I'll, um, if I have problems, I'll FaceTime you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. I don't have I, an uh, iPhone, so that'll work uh, out well. Well, I'll, I'll miss. If, if you have problems, just get some, uh, I can do Facebook oh, messenger. Works. There you go. That'll work. If not, Google, Google meet also works. Google me. Yeah, mm. we could do that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can fails, figure it out. Get some pocket screws. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan, like Keith Johnson. I'm not necessarily mocking up an entire thing, but I'm a big fan of scraps. So every time we yep. cut something, we've got extra parts, exactly the same thickness and size, and I test. I test everything. Yep. And so especially like when mm-hmm. you're trying to set it half lap, you know, you can't get that right on the first try. So no. make a bunch of no. cuts. I did see... Well, I'll save that for my ideal little nugget for setting your dado height. Nice. Uh, I, I have a little nugget for that. It's pretty simple. I don't okay. know why I never thought of it, but I saw this guy doing it. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I? Why didn't I do it that way? So, 
anyway, yeah. to get it perfect, I, like perfect, perfect. So also on the um, the domino. So, you know, originally I only I thought that Festool had the only domino cutter out there, right? But recently I've seen some more like Chinese manufacturers, like um, that e- whether it's an attachment for a router, like where you provide your own, bring your own mm-hmm. router, you know, BYOR. But um, I was, I was thinking about getting <laughs> one of those. I think I can get into domino cutting for about two fifty. Right? You can. And, and actually, there are multiple YouTube videos of people doing like a shootout between all the options that are out there. And okay, and so what that, you, that's what I was talking about doing was uh, hopefully getting mine before we head to Florida next and uh, doing them side by side. There's a guy doing it with yeah. a drill. I just watched that the other day. Mm-hmm. He's like, you don't need. You could also do it with just stick. a standard router. Yeah, it just you just got to make sure everything mm. is dialed in correctly. Uh, a router table yeah. would be really easy. Well, with that, like keeping everything level, like uh, yep. it yeah. takes a little bit more work, but <laughs> yeah. you can do it. Yeah, you can yeah. do it. Cause I mean, I do love my biscuit joiner, but I know it's not providing uh, like anything structural. It's more of just alignment. Yeah. But uh, do you want to hear my opinion on that? I think sure. yeah. that I, the Domino's fast and efficient and uh, exact. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they've already done all the other work for you, especially getting it in to go straight. Right. That's like the probably the hardest part uh, yep. and not getting it too wide, you know, especially for your for, for if you don't want any slop. The efficiency that you gain from that versus doing it by hand, if I'm going to do it by hand at that point, I probably would want to do real mortise and tenon. You know, like maybe route yep. it out, maybe route out the mortise and then do a tenon on the other and just shave the corners with a, with a, a plane or something. You know what I mean? Yep. Wouldn't that be? That's better? that's how I did it for uh, a lot of the dusty fart bench. Yeah, I did a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, works out really, really well. Um, I can tell you, speed wise, the Domino is ridiculous. Yeah, being able to cut all the joinery for something in a matter of, you know, minutes for an entire piece is awesome. Especially if you're using some of the edge guides that are there, and you're just you know putting things together for. You know, like a cabinet wall, you don't need everything to be exactly aligned except on the edges. So you can open things up a little bit more and have a little bit more slop in there because you're just looking for the vertical depth rather than the left to right uh, as far as alignment goes. But it's exponentially faster to just use a domino. Yes. But if you're going for more of a handmade quality piece, nothing beats a mortise and No, nothing does. Uh, yeah. My my last thought on that is I did stumble upon this video and the guy didn't make it, but maybe four months ago. And so he did a joint test, right? He did biscuits. He did, no, he didn't do biscuits. He did pocket screws. He did um, a domino and he did dowels. And he has a very nice doweling jig. It's like this really, you can just see the quality in it. You know, it looks like Woodpeckers makes it or something. It's all aluminum and it's like well, really, uh, really, really nice. Oh, so it's not, it's not... Uh, like a handmade jig? No, it's like a really nice jig and it screws different nice. ways on different joints and stuff. So it's real versatile. And he did uh, a joint and the dowel, he used half inch dowels because he was able to get more dowels in the joint than he would dominoes because they're smaller, right? Yep. So he was able to get, I don't know what it was, three or four dowels in it versus two dominoes. 
and the Dow, and he did the time, how long it took him to do it too. The Dow took slightly longer, but he was, it was stronger than the domino. It was stronger than the domino by uh, a good little bit, actually. Well, you said it was a half inch, like that's the diameter of the Dow? Yeah. Yeah. And then I started thinking, what if you used hardwood Dow's? Then you'd really be doing something because hardwood Dow's are super strong. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could not afford a domino, what I would do is buy a nice Dalgic. That's what I would do. Yep. I would buy a really nice Dalgic because there's people that were teaching woodworking back in the early 1900s and all they used were dowels. There's still people using dowels. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can just buy big long lengths of dowels too and just cut them yourself. I have a bunch of them. bunch yeah. of them in my shop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. I, I've used dowels a handful of times for like, like stove top covers. I think it was the one I used it on. But, but so, yeah. Ross, you using the Festool domino cutter? Uh, yeah, so I, I do have a domino. I actually used it this past weekend. Uh, this past week, I should say, because I finished up the Dusty Fart Stools, and I got them All delivered right. today. Um, they looked incredible. Posted some of that in my stories today. Um, they looked absolutely awesome. I was really pleased with how they came out. My shop smells like... A, like a locker room. I'm not going to really? lie. So, <laughs> Is it really that bad? Dude, like so jockstrap? Even, even to th- my wife was telling somebody about it because they were, um, forget who we were talking to, but she was, somebody listens to the podcast. Oh, I know. It was my wife's cousin. She was in town. She's, she's an avid podcast listener. And uh, she was like, so is it really as bad as Ross makes it seem? And my wife was like, yeah, actually, if you walk into the shop, when he's working with Ipe, it it literally smells like there's a bunch of like musty smelling dudes in there. Really? And if you had like, like Yeah, if you had no idea that he was cutting Ipe, you'd be like, You guys need to shower real bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it no, is just like really. a so is that yeah. is that what you think that it smells like? Or is it like a sulfur or No, it it is imagine like my when pits. you go into like, let's say like an antique bookstore or something, and there's that like, like antique kind of dust smell. That's, 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 that's extremely. It is a dusty fart. It is. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's a like dusty dirt? fart. Like dirt? Kind of, kind of dirt. I'm going to send. Like, I like a nursing home? Text me. Uh, not quite like, not as much urine smell. Um, mm. But I need you guys to send me your address each of you and I'm going to I'm going to send you guys some of this stuff just like some scraps yes please just so you can cut some yes, and be please. like wow he's uh, right it does smell like it. dusty farts yes um I, but yeah I got that done this week and really pleased with it I uh, got some great video of it so I got to actually buckle down and get two different YouTube videos done now so I uh, got a lot of editing to do but I also got done some custom boxes for uh, one of my customers and I was super excited because I was like, awesome. I am down to two projects on my list at the moment. <clears throat> and I can only imagine. But the problem was Man. literally from the time it took me to deliver the, the dusty fart stools, I got two more projects called in. They were like, hey, there's a timeline on these. I need you to do them, this and that. And I'm like, all right, guess I got more stuff on my list. So I actually just started working on uh, the desk for my wife. Uh, for in our office, uh, I just started putting a, a straight edge on the slabs that I have of white oak. So I was doing that this afternoon. Tomorrow I will cut everything to rough size 
and start getting everything ready to uh, put together. So it's going to be a right. beefy, beefy awesome. desk. Awesome. Hey, also, so whenever you were talking about um, your wife smelling the Ipe, that made me think of a good idea. It's Ipe. Like, ju- just now. So we should, you know, we, we've talked about our wives a good bit. Um, we should do a trivia with them. Get them on the podcast. Yeah. And do do a wood trivia, right? Because they've all collected a little bit of what we know. You know, maybe maybe a lot of it. And um, I am like, yeah, oh, like we we could like uh, put up like a grain of wood and um, have them buzzer in and see who gets it first. And Hmm. uh, I think that would be awesome. I think that is next week's podcast for sure. I think we should do or or a sub podcast. Screw it. We'll do two in a week. That'd yeah. be great. Let's, there you go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Put them on the spot. <laughs> I will I will come up with five questions. We come up with five questions each. How about that? Done. Okay. Done. Done. So not to change the subject, but when when I would cut Cypress, or maybe we talked about this before, Cypress would oh, smell yeah. like... Yeah, you said it smells like swamp. Rotten... Like, have you ever been like canoeing or something, and then like you get off on the shore and your foot sticks in that old dirty mud, and you pull it up, and that smell of like rotten, decaying matter—that's what cypress smells. Like. My my dog actually mm. jumped in a big pool of that same mud oh. two weekends ago, and when I took her to the dog park, she was super excited and went to chase after some ducks, and she jumped in, and the ducks flew away, and she was like chin high, and oh just and she's a white dog. She well, came out that. just black. Yeah, she was black. She was so happy. smelled so bad. So <laughs> bad. I actually made her jump into the lake after that to try and clean off before I put her in my car to take her Ugh. to a dog wash. I'd have pulled her behind. Yeah. What kind of dog you got again, Ross? I actually have two dogs. I have one that's a 12 and a half year old uh, Black Lab Border Collie. And then I have a, uh, my younger dog is a three, almost three and a half year old uh Brittany with a little bit of border collie in there too. So Ooh, it's yeah. energy, baby. Oh yes. She is very energetic. So she was the one who very jumped nice. in after the ducks. But oh yeah, on that note, we got to meet uh Buddy. Um just a dog. Just she, she's dog. A, or he's a yeah. So he's obsessed awesome. with the squirrel outside the window at the shop. Like obsessed with this squirrel. And like he took off after him one day when we got him out because usually he just walks right to the door like he's supposed to. Cause he likes it in the shop and he likes going out back and stuff off. He went and I thought that's it. There he goes. He's gone. But he just is seriously about some squirrels and he sits and looks out that window all day. Yep. It's all snot all over the window, <laughs> man. I, I had text take off the other day. So uh, anytime I'm going like to the gas station or somewhere where I can leave him in the car for a little while or in the truck, um, I, uh, I grab the Yorkie cause I know he'll run off. He's an asshole. He doesn't listen to anyone. But um, text, I let him just run to the truck. But um, we had a cat get a little too close to the house, and he took off. So I was running down the street, chasing after him. And, um, yeah, I feel you on that. But yeah, he almost got grounded from no leash truck privileges for oh. a while. Yeah, but kinda they like have your, the routine. Kind of like your dust but, collection system, grounded. <laughs> grounded, yes, exactly. But, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. We got a little routine. Like they, anytime they see me leave during the middle of the day, they, uh, they all get really excited because they know they get to go on a little field trip. 
But, um, but yeah, just uh, throw the Yorkie on the center console, and he nudges my arm until I lift it up so he can sit in my lap, and then text rides shotgun. Nice. So, yeah. Well, I think and uh, just on that. You go, go ahead, ahead, Colton. I was going to say on that Cypress, uh, I think you're cutting some bad pieces of wood, man. Well, it wasn't. I, I will be honest with you. Um, it wasn't super super dry it was mostly dry because it was air dried from this place yeah it's only mostly dry yeah there was a little bit of moisture in the middle so that's probably what it was just the nasty water well in in your defense i i only cypress i've worked with was like that 13 foot um like sunken cypress like that conference room table i made last year yeah Yeah, with the pecky yeah um and for it did have a really deep smell like I, it may could have been. Describe what you mean by deep. Like, so this, this is over a year ago now, but I, I guess kind of swampy. Honestly, I, <laughs> yeah, I think you might be kind of right. It was deep. I I didn't find it like pugnant or repulsive. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I was meant to be in Florida, man, in the swamps. The walnut but, um, smells good. We were cutting that today. That smells sweet. Oh, I. I love well, walnut. Well, so it's love, this, this is actually a good conversation to bring us to the wood of the week. Wow. The wood of the week. Wow. 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 So the wood of the week. So last week, remember how I said it was so much fun to say those other ones? Well, this. Shishugibon. Yeah. So the name of this wood is called Muhuhu. Oh, good old <laughs> Muhuhu. Muhuhu. He lives are down got, the street from me. Are you guys familiar with Muhuhu at all? Yeah, he's my poison. Oh, yeah. This is one of my, my, my main five. Uh, okay. Here, yeah. So Mahuhu no. <laughs> is, well, it surprises me sometimes that um, Ross will say like, oh yeah, like I did this or, or I saw it here or whatever. So Well, I'm so not I allowed to see. I, fair. I, I, I'm married. I can't look at other Mahuhus. Uh, yeah. You <laughs> but, just look at your own Mahuhu. That's right. That's right. So it comes from East Africa. Um, like, Tanzania and Kenya. And so basically on the coast and it's, it's not like as far as it's specs, um, it's pretty dense, medium bendability, not very good impact resistance. It's very like, if I was going to compare it to another wood that people maybe would know, maybe kind of like a mahogany or something like that. But the, but the, it's a more golden color and uh, they make floors and stuff out of it. Um, out of Mahuhu? Out of Mahuhu. But um, there's, one interesting, like a... there's one interesting part about it um, I'm going to get to in the end. But um, they use it a lot in Africa uh, to carve, like real pretty things, because it polishes up really pretty. So that's kind of one of the biggest parts of it. Um, so you're saying East Africans like to polish their Mahuhu? They like to polish their <laughs> Mahuhu 100%. How about that? Yep. They polish it <laughs> huh. till it's shining. Woo! And um, what was the other thing? Oh, I did know that it it you have to dry it really careful. I guess it's a very difficult process to dry it because it tends to. That crack. is the truth. Yes, if you dry your mahuhu too fast, mm-hmm. it will crack. It'll crack. But here's the interesting part that I found out about it while researching it. Mahuhu is like African sandalwood, and what do we get from sandalwood? Shaving cream. Well, the oil, right? And mm-hmm. sandalwood is worth a lot of money. True story. They shave, they cut it. They save, they save the shavings because it's worth so much money. 
Um, they use it in like aromatherapy and stuff like that. It's supposed to reduce um, inflammation, you know, maybe. They're, they haven't really mm-hmm. done a lot of it. But I found this website where you can buy Muhuhu oil. Oh. Right? Is that like and, an adult website? <laughs> no, it's it's a botanical website for aromatherapy. <laughs> you can buy uh, steam distilled heartwood. Well, it's steam distilled from the heartwood of the tree, right? Sandalwood, African essential oil is what they call it, sandalwood. Mm. And what do you think one 16-ounce thing costs? 40 bucks. Well, people were, selling, crazy. people were selling their, their farts in a can for like 500. So I'm going to go like 150 for Mahuhu oil. It's a thousand dollars. Good Lord. No. For 16 shit. ounces. You can buy one kilogram for 1899. It's on sale. So now this is essential oil, right? So that would be diluted a million times for mm-hmm. this Mahuhu oil. But, uh, it's it's their it's their sandalwood, I guess. That's what they use over there. And, and everybody, why do they call it sandalwood? It, it smells a lot like it. Not exactly the same, but it smells what we would compare to sandalwood. Okay, so, I thought that was pretty interesting. Man. Wow. Yeah, I learned a lot. Oh, hey, speaking of like talking about your African wood, uh, this shirt, the the root extra. Yeah. This is a uh, my buddy, which I'd like to get him on the podcast when he's he's a leather worker. That sounds fun. To you guys about that, but um, yeah, he, he made like our dogs collars and stuff, and but um, so yeah, root extra. It's a uh, like a malt liquor. You know, he was over in Ghana with the Peace Corps, but um, yeah, he got me this shirt. You you talked about him briefly. He met his his wife. You thought you're like they met in California. I yes, mean, Ghana. I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was embarrassed they, that I forgot where where they met. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, they um. Yeah, I think I think we get on. He, he he's a fun guy, um, not like the not like a mushroom, but yeah, he's a fun guy. What kind of guy do you take to the movies? A fun guy, uh-huh. <laughs> a fun guy. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm fun. Yeah. Oh, also, um, before we get on to the whiskey of the week, um, I'm gonna talk about it earlier. I had some crazy stuff that happened in like the last three days, and so like you know I was traveling, so I, I wasn't keeping up with my uh, socials a mm-hmm. lot. And, um, but recently it started with TikTok and then led over to Instagram. We started blowing up again and nice. like, I haven't done anything extra. Like I haven't been doing a lot of stories, um, still from our last post. And like, I think like I was looking for something I was expecting to find that like someone had like tagged us or like, you know, I, I've applied for like some big, like, like Texas, like competitions for yeah. like, woodworking stuff. And I was expecting something to blow up like that, but I didn't find anything. And I think what happened is I just fell back into the algorithm. Yeah. Because um, our, our last TikTok, I was expecting to get a lot more views. And um, I think our intro was too long, but that's not here either. But uh, but yeah, we all of a sudden started blowing up again and like doubled our views on um, at least our TikTok one. And it's led to a lot. I got a lot of emails to respond to after this. Uh, about board inquiries nice and yeah so maybe we'll get some more stuff in the pipeline so but. i also have had uh some growth it, it hasn't been yeah you know, quite quite the growth you have seen but i'm i'm still getting more haters which is fun 
Excellent. Um, Excellent. But now I'm Love also it. I'm also getting more bots suggesting that I should be an ambassador for them. And yes. I had one the other day reach out and they were like, we love your posts. We think you would be amazing as an ambassador. And they had five posts when I looked at their profile. It was all for women's lingerie. And I was like, yeah. well, <laughs> that'll I mean, be awkward did. for some of the viewers, but I'm on board. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. You know, it's oh, Pride dude. Month and all. You got to you know, fly your freak flag. So let's true. get after this. Hell yeah. True. So speaking of the freak flag, that brings us into the whiskey of the week. Wait, wait. What about my stupid mm. wood fact of the week? Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. clearly. My stupid wood fact of the week. So uh, two of them, because one of them backs up what we were talking about, how trees talk. Mm-hmm. The reason that the the bugs don't eat the tree is because the tree releases tannins. Insects hate the taste of tannins. AKA cedar. Have you ever tried to paint a piece of cedar and the tannins bleed through and bugs mm-hmm. don't eat cedar? So that's one. Then the other one is um, trees don't just absorb water. They also release water. An Correct. acre of maple trees emits 20,000 gallons of water into the air every day. That is uh, that's when a lot. You, when when you look at like pictures of the Amazon and you see just like clouds and mist and everything, that is all just the trees creating the humidity. When yep. you have a large enough forest, it creates weather systems. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's like they're rolling deep at a strip club, man. Just mm-hmm. making right. it rain. They're That's making right. it rain. Make it right. rain. That's right. And here's a one, a weird fact for you as well. Do you know why your butt, your butt crack goes north and south instead of east to west. Uh, nope. Because if, if you it, went down a slide, you would go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, my oh my God. Anybody want to do the nuggets before we do the whiskey? Or do we do that after? Yeah, I got, I got a nugget, man. What you got? Um, so it's um, spicy nuggets. By, by nuggets. proxy. If you can see my finger here. I can. By proxy a uh, woodworking nugget but for like finger like we we always get cuts right cuts splinters mm-hmm. like slices whatever and yes. you know a lot of times you know I'll, I'll put like a piece of shop towel on it and wrap it with electric tape or whatever mm-hmm. but um i got these band-aids that's from curaid is that how you say it c-u-r-a-d mm-hmm. curad curaid um there's like a, it's like a triathlon band-aid and um, they're made for like fingers and joints. So yeah, the, the Curaid. When you uh, sweat, it don't come off. on fingers and joints. And no, the, these things stick. They stay on. Like I can still use my fingers and knuckles and nice. whatever. And um, it, it works really well. I got one on my finger right here. That's a finger looking have. good nugget. I would. Yeah. That's a really and good they, nugget. They come in all sorts of colors and stuff. It almost looks I, like I a little them. condom. It's like a little fingertip condom. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's a, it's a rust. Ah, okay. boom, boom. Sorry, low blow. Oh, uh, but, um, yeah. What about I, you, Rice? You got a nugget? I do. I learned something new about Dusty Fartwood this week. Okay. When you try and drill through Dusty Fartwood, Ipe, when you drill mm. through it, the amount of friction that it creates can spontaneously combust. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? What, kind of drill bit? what kind of drill bit? Just regular drill bit? It was a standard drill bit. 
I was going through the two inch width of the stringers because that's what I was going to attach, attach the top to from the underside. So I'm drilling everything in. And as it popped out the other side of the stringer going through the entire two inch piece, there was on every one of them, this loud, like bang, it was almost like a, a combustion. And it was, it was like a lightning strike when it came out the other side because of the Get heat that built up mixing with the oils from the and expanded. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh. So it literally was like, like a, a lightning kind of explosion, if you will. Do you feel like Quite, the oils oil the drill bit a little bit and make it easier to go through or no? I did realize that if I put um, paste wax on there, yeah. it, it did reduce it some. Uh, but there was just so much heat build up from the tension of the wood and obviously the density of the wood that right. coming through, it just, it, it, it spontaneously combusted. Uh, uh, it was just under, let's see, um, 13, 13, 30 seconds. Okay. It was a pretty narrow drill bit. So, okay. Very good. Man, question. Do you think that if you would have, uh, hit it with like the alcohol acetone or whatever beforehand? So I had, maybe you had I had done that when I did the glue up but I didn't do it when I was drilling through the entire piece with wise. So do you think the oils in that would help lubricate it or would it I, cause more friction? It wasn't the friction. I think they heated up inside of it. And as yeah, I and popped expanded. out and by yeah. the time it hit oxygen on the other side, it was the combination of the heat, the friction, the oils hitting oxygen and it went pop. Like a combustion in an engine, yeah. That's Literally, crazy. yeah. I've never, I've never, uh, never heard of that. It's spontaneously combusted. There you That's go. So awesome. All right, so. so my nugget is so the dado stack, but this would work with a table saw blade too. So if you're ever trying to find the center, like especially with half laps, specifically with half laps, mm-hmm. and you know you got your wood mill down, let's say it's three quarters of an inch, and you want to cut it that dado three eighths. Exactly three eighths. Your eye's only so good. You can have a little stop, you know, a little block that's three eighths and try to fill with your hand. But we're talking like you want to get it within thousandths of an inch. You can take your piece and just take a little off the end and then flip it over and then go back through. And if you've got a little sliver left, you're too low. And you just tap, just keep tapping it up until it's like hair in the middle that's left Hmm. or... Uh, until it completely takes it off, like, and you just basically see it just knock the hairs off of it. But you just keep flipping it over, do one side and do the other. I used to just try to set it to three eighths, and then I'd set the other one to three eighths, and I'd cut two pieces and keep putting them together until you know I felt like it was, you yeah. know, I didn't have a lip. But just put your piece in, cut it, flip it over, and just nibble off the end on a scrap piece until you get it to where it just. I mean, it'll just go right down the perfect center, right down the perfect. Huh? Center. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, yeah. that's good. Honestly, don't know why I hadn't thought of that either. <laughs> I mean, you can mark it with one of your little, uh, the disc markers yeah. or whatever, but it's only as accurate as you set that disc marker. Like the thickness of a line yeah. could make a difference. So yeah, just do it based on the piece. That's awesome. So, there, you, there you go. I like it. All right. Well, that, that brings us to the whiskey of the week. And yeah, 
I will be yeah. I will be the first to admit that I gave Colton a tall chore to try and find some Widow Jane, uh, which is not as readily available at most stores. Very and he was also uh, traveling quite a bit. So yeah. he wasn't able to get it as of yet because it is a little bit more um, of a search for. So wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. yeah, we got in, we got in Saturday. And so I had today to get it, but I, I was, I was busy in the shop. Good. I'm still in my shop clothes right now. And um, so, no, I did not try That's okay. it again, still. but I, um, I did polish off the, um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? The uh, red breast. That's what the vacation was for. Ah, uh, uh, that's good. Um, the red breast. I did polish off the red. The red breast twelve. Excellent. Um, well, I, yeah, yeah. Right, right before this, I polished it off. Or still working on it now. All right. Well, but then... it. Um, I. You know, it, it grew on me a little more. I'll say that. Okay. It, um, and. Although I am partial to like a real like hearty, spicy whiskey, um, I do see the appeal in that one. Like okay. you know, it's like you said, triple distilled and like clean and like if you're gonna do a shot with a bunch of people, and, uh, it can make someone like whiskey. I'll say that. Awesome. And but it was um, for another, I guess metaphor for it. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, being in the convertible going on the highway. Like free and easy, um, got my hat off, got the mullet flowing. Yeah, um, Crystal's hair's curly and flowing, and free and easy, baby. Nice. It's, it's, it's a nice easy shot. And then a mosquito and hits you in the mouth. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like it's not a whiskey I would like to enjoy with like a cigar. No, you know. But um, for you, know, like a shot at the bar, like nice. Yeah. It's good. So the next one I'm going to give you so that you can double up for next week and give me a comparison mm. between them. Not, nothing done in the mm. show. <laughs> this one is the <laughs> Four Roses Small Batch bourbon. And Ooh. the reason I'm giving you Four Roses is because there's a lot of other major distilleries or your big boy distilleries that are made, owned by larger companies. And, and this one is as well. But this it's is a Buffalo Trace. This is down the street from Buffalo Trace. It's not far. It's actually very oh, okay. close to Wild Turkey, in fact, um, but not too far from Buffalo Trace. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm mixing them up. You're right. You're good. Four Roses is its own distillery, and that's why I wanted you to try it. Um, I would say out of any of the bourbon distilleries, uh, they are the ones who are doing more. Uh, well, let me put it this way. Buffalo Trace is doing some crazy experimental stuff. But at the same token, the availability of it is really hard to find. Um, Four Roses is doing some crazy experimental stuff, and they are much more mad scientists uh, with their their actual chemistry behind it. And they are making some unbelievable product. If you can find single barrels of Four Roses, I haven't had a bad one ever. But the small batch uh, bourbon from Four Roses for the 35-ish bucks you're going to spend is well worth every penny. So that's the next nice. one. I wasn't expecting that price range. Yeah. But um hey, so... I have I have a recommendation for garbage whiskey when I used to drink. All right. Yeah. So <clears throat> Crown and Coke used to be my drink. Mm-hmm. And my buddy said, Have you ever heard of Canadian Hunter? And I said oh, Canadian I Hunter. Some of that, he said it's not very bottle. good by itself, but if you mix it with Coke, it darn near tastes just like Crown. 
and it did and it saved me $20 a bottle. Yeah. There you go. Blended. I've seen some of that at family reunions. Oh, it is rough. Like yeah. It is rough. Rough the way your <laughs> mother likes it, Trebek. Ugh. Yeah. But uh, back when we did that, um, that, uh, the bourbon trail yep. for that bachelor party. Um, Four Roses was the second place, which, uh, you know, I, I did like their, their whiskeys, but it was the worst tour. It wasn't even a tour. Yeah. It was, uh, we sat out front in like a pavilion thing and someone who only half knew what they were talking about, uh, tried to explain it to us and we took a shot, then we left. Hmm. And, uh, which, I mean, I guess in their defense, we, uh, before and after that, we went to Buffalo Trace and then Wild Turkey. And those are really awesome tours. Yes. In my opinion. And um, yeah, so they, they they had a tough before and after act, but, but yeah, that that's was fair. The worst tour. Okay. Not saying anything about the whiskey though, but yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you boys want to cover? We're just rolling up on an hour here. No, perfect timing. That's good. Let's get that wife trivia going. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Okay. Some sort of prize. I like that. I like to think that we are the prizes enough for our yes, wives, absolutely. but maybe they would like mm-hmm. something else. You never know. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all of your complaints to our legal representation at the law offices of Take Them and Leave Them. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya.